Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS online program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our next guest is David Averin. David and his brilliant assistant, Tiffany Lauer, have helped dozens of professional speakers learn the business side of speaking, turn their contacts into leads, leads into prospects, and their prospects into paid speaking gigs. David, thanks so much for being our Gifters podcast. Your story is gift to the world. Sure. I'm happy to be here. So let's just jump right in, David. I mean, you've been doing this for, for some time. Do you see a difference from when you first started, let's say, 30 years ago and then 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and now, like for sure. our guests that want to be speakers, any, any difference between when you first started to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, listen, I, I make my living as a speaker. I'm a keynote speaker across the country, around the world. Um, I've seen over the last 20 years a, a significant change just in terms of the expectation of the clients in terms of ROI, um, the 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 heyday of the pure motivational speaker, I think has passed. I mean, I think there, there's some certainly people in our industry who do a terrific job talking about winning that gold medal or surviving cancer or climbing that mountain, but they are less, lesser and lesser over the years. Uh, I think meeting planners are saying we really need some tangible value that we receive for the dollars that we spend. Uh, I think the other trend, and this is sort of the disturbing one for me as a speaker, is that more and more, uh, meeting planners don't want to pay speakers. Uh, I think in, in the past, you could always get four or $5,000 for a breakout session. And now, by and large, they're expected to be free. A lot of vendors will do those slots. The keynote uh, will oftentimes get paid. But the, the learning, the deeper learning, the 90-minute, the three-hour kinds of sessions, more and more people are just stepping up saying, hey, I'll do it for free. And, uh, and that's a bit of a challenge in the industry. Yeah, and some places actually ask you to sponsor the spot, so they allow sponsors Crazy. to speak there. And then, Crazy. yeah. Now, how do yeah, you I, go about navigating that? Because for me, I have a lot of clients that want to be speakers. And tell them flat out, you know, sometimes I go to conferences that are very high level. No one gets paid. But from that room of being in a stage where presidents, heads of states, and Fortune 100 companies have been there, you just meet contacts that would pretty much hire you at their corporation. So how do you feel that you've been able to navigate that to maintain your level of professionalism, but also asking for your worth. Right. Well, and I think you make a good point. There, there's certainly going to be audiences that are worth uh, us donating our time, <laughs> but they're not nearly as often as meeting planners would like you to believe. I mean, there's a general rule. My colleague, Connie Podesca talks, talks about if, if the audience, if the meeting planner doesn't have money to spend, then the audience probably doesn't either. Now, of course, it's not always the case. If, if the organization is made up of meeting planners, right? then we'll speak for free. If, if they are major organizational leaders, but here's the part that I find disturbing, and then I'll tell you how I navigate it, is they're clearly paying for the venue, they're clearly paying for the audiovisual and the food and beverage, but they expect those of us who are bringing the content, the real value that we're supposed to donate our services, it's crazy. So we navigate it basically by saying no. Um, we, we, we pitch as much as, as in term, half of my gigs come from organizations who had no idea who we were before we reached out to them. And that's one of the things that Tiffany in my office, she and I teach others as well in our little speaker marketing boot camps. But the other half, of course, is, is somebody who saw me speak or, or, you know, they, they came across some videos or other things that I did. So we have a lot of incoming requests for me to come and present for their organization. But for those that request that we speak for free, the answer is no. 
I mean, I, I used to take offense. I don't take offense anymore. We say, no, thank you. This is, you know, this is what I do for a living. Or she'll say, this is what David does for a living. Uh, and we just forego those opportunities. Uh, we are, because uh, I don't think they're legitimate. The good news for your audience, and I know you do a lot of this work, Christopher, as well, is there are thousands of meetings that occur every day in America. I think somebody said that there's like 600 meetings any on any particular day, conferences going on in Las Vegas, and they're all looking for speakers. Sometimes they're looking for dozens of speakers over the course of several days. So if you have a strong message, um, and it's not just about you and you having a cathartic experience and wanting to spread joy or tell people about your journey, but if you have specific value, return on investment, we're going to help you move the needle, increase your sales, develop your leaders, um, guard against disruption. There's dollars to be spent. Organizations are hungry for outside perspective, outside knowledge of somebody who can really share information that will help them grow their business. I couldn't agree more. And I always encourage my clients to not even just look at states. I look around the world. There's so many places in the Middle East and Asia that they they want speakers, especially with the expertise of Americans. So I also want to mention to our listeners that if some of them don't pay you, if they have a consultant service or they're a private coach or executive coach, it doesn't hurt for them to go to an event where if it's super high level, they can actually get clients in there. So it's just about having different options. And lastly, I have an online program that I started about three years ago and I have one now where I teach other entrepreneurs how to become speakers. And a lot of people don't realize, look, the days of just having one income stream are over unless you want that. If you want to get paid one income stream, great. But there's multiple ways to get paid for your services. But do you feel that speakers get the respect that they deserve, David? Because, you know, I've been doing this for 17 years and you've done it for some time as well. When you look at a singer, a dancer, musician, they're like, oh, yeah, they have talent. But I think sometimes speakers say, oh, yeah, people can speak, but do you real, Do you feel, think that the, the market actually respects professional speakers or people that well, actually have value like you it, and it's I? It's a great question. I, I think the audiences certainly respect the speakers. If you're providing great value, but I think there are others who, who want to marginalize what we do because all we're doing is talking. What's that worth? You're just talking. It's like this is my livelihood, and there, there's that great um, parable, right, that talks about Pablo Picasso sitting out on a – uh, in a cafe, 1954 in Barcelona, and somebody comes by and they say, oh my God, you're Pablo Picasso. Could you draw a picture of me? And he says, sure. And he stands up, he sketches up real quick, he hands it to her, he says, that'll be $4,000. She says, $4,000, it took you two minutes. He says, no, that took me my whole life, right? <laughs> and for I think I think the, the analogy holds true for us because as you said, when you're talking about different income streams, we're not selling speeches, we're selling wisdom. And that wisdom can be delivered across a variety of platforms. It can be speaking, it can be coaching, it can be it can be seminars, it can be consulting. And so, yeah, we're looking for different ways. And for those of you in, in your audience, right, Christopher, you're talking to entrepreneurs and others about potentially becoming a speaker. They can you speak for a variety of reasons. Some people speak to drive consulting. Some people speak to drive visibility to build their business or or in front of investors. I, my model, I speak to drive speaking. I mean, I'm a keynote speaker. It's what I do. I do consulting and other things on, on the side. But my primary gig is that hour-long slot, that 90 minutes, sometimes that three hours. And as you said, because I speak all around the world, if you're in Asia Pacific, right, if you're in Singapore, they, they like the longer sessions, the longer training. Um, they're less about the motivational. They're very motivated, incredibly hardworking people. But there's lots of different reasons to do it. Um, and, and I remember one, one of my mentors, when I first was talking to him, and I was not yet speaking professionally, and I remember I asked him, I said, wait, 
you make how much money for an hour? And he said, of course, the same answer that I give today, which is yes, but I don't do it every hour. And so the main message that, that Tiffany and I do in our, our speaker marketing bootcamp, we have a, a retreat called um, speakingbusinessretreat.com. And we just do it a couple of times a year just to help our colleagues. But we talk about that speaking isn't a business. Getting the gig is the business. Speaking is the deliverable. We love to speak. The real business, the 40, 50, 60 hours a week, is about marketing yourself and, and making sure that your content is relevant and timely and actionable and and reaching out to those meeting planners. So I want right. to stress that because the first thing is that any of my clients ask for is, what is your speech topic, your description, but what are the three key takeaways? And I always stress that where, again, they're not paying you for your story because I need a lot of people that are Generally more on the neophyte side, the more amateur ones where it's like, oh, Christopher, people always tell me how amazing of a speaker I am. Look, you can have an amazing story, but they're paying for your phenomenal solutions that are quantifiable. So if I have realtors, wealth managers, insurance brokers, they come to me not because they love my story. I'm sure they perhaps do, but it's really about what you said. And I want to stress that point. It's about actionable takeaways. Now, we only have about a minute left, David. What sure. are some suggestions relative to these meeting plans? Because sometimes people talk about, oh, I want to get a speaking bureau because they think that's like the, the silver bullet. But for Never. you, do you feel that reaching out to meeting planners is one of the, the main ways that speakers <laughs> can get these paid gigs? Well, I think there's a couple things. And in, 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 in less than a minute, speakers bureaus, it, it's they want the celebrities. They want, they're, they're fine, but... But if you're, especially if you're a neophyte, if you're new, they don't, they don't want you. They're not going to yeah, take a chance. Yeah, yeah. They've got 10 speakers that they recommend all the time. I love bureaus. I probably do eight to 10 gigs a year, maybe total with bureaus, but I'll speak 80 to 90 times in the next year. And it won't be through bureaus. What the, the best way to get those gigs is a, is to be, first of all, have a very clear value proposition. It's not about you and your story and your cancer and bless your heart for what you've done. Once again, it's about what you can do for them. And here's the takeaway. It's, it's outward bound marketing to create um, visibility and to get them to your site. You've got to have great video. They've got to look at you and go, that's what our organization needs. And so you got to have the pieces in place. You have to have great video. You have to have great social media. You need to have a message that's, that's differentiated and tangible and quantifiable and fundable. You have to have a value proposition that's worthy of being funded. Uh, and then, as I always say, you're the, the biggest enemy of success is anonymity. If they don't know who you are, they can't buy what you're selling. That's so, great advice. Yeah. Dave, thanks so much for being on our Gifters podcast where your story is truly a gift to the world. How can our guests learn about you and your services and your keynotes? Sure. Well, thanks. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. I'm, I'm a big fan of yours as well. Uh, if you go to visibilityinternational.com, you can learn about me, watch a preview video, see a little bit more about what I do, visibilityinternational.com. And if you're interested in learning the business side of speaking, go to speakingbusinessretreat.com, and uh, we'd love to help you out. Thanks so much for your time, David. Have a great day. Thanks, friend.